This is the non-microwave truth. Not the unmicrowave truth or the non-microwavable truth, but the non-microwave truth. And this is brought to you by Time of Grace Ministry. This is a podcast that challenges culture's perspective and culture's truth. And we're in our Black History Month special. This is our fourth and final episode. And we're going to have a first world problem that's geared towards Black History Month and race again. Now, have you ever, have you ever met someone who admitted to their family owning slaves, once owning slaves? Have you ever had someone admit to that? Now, would you be okay or not okay? Would you be comfortable befriending that person? Or would you cut them a break if they were like, yeah, my great, great, great grandfather owned slaves? Would you be able to befriend them? Would you cut them a break? Or would you be like, ooh, I got to stay away from you. You probably racist like your grandfather or your great grandmother. What would you do? Now, in the Bible, this kind of takes place because we have someone by the name of Paul or Saul who once persecuted the church. It even tells us, you can go read this for yourself. It says in 1 Timothy 1 verse 13, talks about him persecuting the church, imprisoning Christians, watching Christians die. He even says this about himself in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 9 and 10. He says, for I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than them all. Yet, not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Ooh, like, so think about that. Paul once persecuted Christians. This is not like his, his grandfather or grandmother did that, but it was him. And the Christians, the Christians had the same problem that I think a lot of people would be faced with today if they found out that someone's family member uh, in ancestry own some slaves because a lot of the people you can read about this in Acts chapter nine. They were like, I heard about this dude named Paul. I heard about this dude named Saul. I don't, I don't know about it, Lord. I heard he's persecuting. I heard he's killing people. I heard he's trying to throw us in prison. And that's my first world problem question for you. The Lord ended up talking to Ananias in Acts chapter nine. Go read about that and told him, Paul is going to be a changed man. Go and do what I tell you to do. Could you do that? Could you befriend or cut someone a break if they told you that their family members not even them once own slaves i would love to hear from you on instagram or twitter my handle is champion life 23 if you're on youtube youtube feel free to leave comments what would you do would you be a, would you be able to cut them a break or let this slide or would you be like oh i gotta stay away from these people i don't trust it because we see in the bible that a lot of people didn't trust that until god came through and said hey i'm gonna use paul to do some great things Instagram or Twitter, Champion Life 23. Love to hear from you. And this is our first world problem. It is dinner time. The title of our episode today is No Whitewashing, Just Facts. This is the fourth episode in our four part series. There are three episodes before this that you can go check out. You don't have to stop this episode and go listen to the other three before you listen to this one. You can finish this one and then go back to the other three. Now, in this episode of No Whitewashing, Just Facts, we're really going to look at how American history was written compared to how biblical the biblical stories or how the Bible is written and some noticeable differences on how each one recorded history. And on this episode of No Whitewashing, Just Facts, I want you to put yourself in the position of someone who was a historian or who had the power to record history. 
And I want you to think about yourself personally. If you were to write about yourself, how many of your failures would you put down? How many of your shortcomings would you put down? Now, I'm telling you this. I wrote a book and I didn't put every single one of my shortcomings and every single one of my failures in that book. I put a few of them. I put a couple of them, but not not every single one. What would you do if you had that power and you were in that position? Now, what we see in our American culture, our American history, there seems to be a lot of facts that were left out. There seems to be a lot of best construction on how some of the things went down. And that's something that we can fall prey and victim to to this day. And just noticing we're working in education, how many parents lie for their kids? It's amazing. Or how many people just lie for their close friends or their family members? Like, why do they do that? Why do they do that? And it's because we know that in some form or fashion, that might reflect or point back to us. And we don't want to look bad. So a lot of times we put the best construction on it or we just leave parts out. And that's not something that the Bible does, but that's something that our American history, our American culture has kind of got used to. And when you think about how Christopher Columbus was taught years ago in the classroom compared to how he is taught now, like we used to have Columbus Day. Now people are afraid to say, can we even say Columbus Day anymore? Like, because I heard a lot of things about him. And that's where we get contradicting, contradicting stories when it when it comes to Columbus, too. Some people still try to portray him in that positive light and put the best construction on it. Some people are like, dude, it was horrible. He was absolutely horrible. He stole the land, said he discovered it. Like, how are you going to discover some land? That's like somebody coming in my backyard and saying, oh, I found this apple tree. This is all my fruit. Like, you're in my yard. You're on my property. Or you come into my house and you I'm giving you a tour and you see some money on the dresser and say, oh, I found twenty dollars. You found $20 on my dresser. Like, what's wrong with you? We we would look at that person and be like, you are absolutely crazy and, and you need to go. But with Christopher Columbus, this is something that people don't necessarily know how to portray him in history anymore. And I've read things that said he was horrible from the standpoint of he enslaved Native Americans, raised war against him. And he also took the women of the Native Americans and gave them to his crewmen to rape. Now, I don't know if all of these things are true. But it's something now because America didn't record history in the most accurate way and they left out some of his failures and left out some of the horrible things that he has done. Now, today, we're really trying to examine everything that was ever recorded about him and just in our American history in general. Now, on this episode of No Whitewashing, Just Facts, we have to look at the Bible. Because the Bible shows us how to record history. The Bible records the successes and the failures. It records the sins and the victories of men. And when you think about the Bible and what it, one of the main things that it records and, and says and talks about is the chosen people of God, which were the Israelites or the Jews. And when you think about how they are portrayed a lot of times, they do some crazy stuff. Like one minute they love God. They're following God. They're obedient to God. And then the next minute, they're being disobedient to God. Some people, especially since they were the authors, a lot of times Israelites or Jews, they might have tried to lead this part out or they might have tried to paint the Israelites in a better picture. But they just recorded the facts. There was no Jew washing. There was no Israelite washing. They recorded what really happened. Now, in Second Kings, verse 17, I'm going to just give you an example of how this is recorded and what it says. Second Kings 17, verse seven, it says all this took place because the Israelites had sinned against the Lord, their God. 
It says a lot in the Old Testament about the Israelites sinning against God. It says a lot in the Bible, period. It says who had brought them up out of Egypt from under the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. They worshiped other gods and followed the practices of the nations the Lord had driven out before them, as well as the practices that the kings of Israel had introduced. These were bad kings. The Israelites secretly did things against the Lord, their God, that were not right. From watchtower to fortified city, they built themselves high places in all towns. So the Israelites were tripping and the Bible didn't mind putting that they were tripping. That's how you record history. That's how you record it. You give the facts. Now, this continues to take place in the Bible. When you think about some of the big names or the most prominent people mentioned in the Bible, the Bible records the successes and it records the failures. I'm going to give you an example. King David mentioned in the Bible a ton, especially in the Old Testament. King David was called or said to be a man after God's own heart. That's one of the greatest compliments any person could get. It talks about King David in Samuel, second, first Samuel 17, defeating a Goliath. Like that's a major victory. But it also talks about King David committing adultery. And that's in second Samuel chapter 11 with Bathsheba. It talks about him doing a cover up. It talks about him killing a man. It talks about all of the consequences he had from that sin and how his kingdom got split. And then he had baby mama drama and kid drama and family drama because of his misfortune or because of his sin, I should say. The Bible doesn't leave that out. The Bible records the facts. Another example would be Moses, who is regarded as one of the greatest, if not the greatest prophet in Israelite or Jewish history. It talks about his successes and leading the, the Israelites out of out of Egypt, but it also talks about his failures when he, when he killed a man. It talks about him ang being angry and, and striking a rock and what caused him to not be able to see the, the promised land. It talks about the successes. It talks about the failures. It gives the facts. And like I said, what makes this intriguing a lot of times is the Israelites or the Jews or even Moses was writing about himself and he didn't leave out these facts. He put his shortcomings. He put his failures just as well as he put his successes. He didn't try to portray or paint himself in, in a better light. And that's the beautiful thing. And another reason how we know that the Bible is inspired by God, because the average man would have been like, I'm leaving this out. I'm leaving that out. I'm only going to say the good stuff. I'm going to make myself look good. I'm going to make myself look like a God, which is something we're taught in our society and culture to do today. Now, another prominent person in the Bible, or another prominent group of men in the Bible would be his disciples. Think about Peter. You have Peter who walked on water. You have Peter who performed miracles. He raised a woman from the dead. The Bible also tells us about Peter's shortcomings. Like we mentioned in a couple episodes ago in Galatians chapter two, when Peter seemed to be maybe a little racist or something, some type of ism or, or prejudice or hostile for the wrong reason. It also talks about how Peter denied Jesus. So Peter is supposed to be one of the best church leaders or one of the pillars that the church gets built on. And in Luke 22, he denied Jesus three times. He denied Jesus three times. It also talks about some of the other disciples like Judas betraying him. Talks about Thomas who said in, um, what was that? John chapter 20, he like, I need to see Jesus. I need to see Jesus. And he goes on to say, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. The Bible recorded this because it was a fact. It didn't just leave this out because you think about that. A lot of times people don't be like, if these are supposed to be his closest followers, 
people closer to him and they didn't even believe. Why should I believe? But the Bible gives all of the facts. It shows us how to record history. And that's the beautiful thing about it. And it brings us back to pointing and looking at how awesome Jesus is and how much God absolutely loves us because we do some of the same things. We have some of the same doubts, some of the same shortcomings, some of the same exact sins. Now, something else that really we should take into account with the Bible is the Bible records some things that might be confusing to us or that some people might try to nitpick or take out without looking at the full context of, of things. And an example of that is in Luke chapter two, verse 41 through 52. And this is when Jesus went down with his family for the Passover. And this is when Jesus was a was a young man. And Jesus, instead of coming back with his family, when they went back to travel back home, Jesus ended up staying back in the temple and his family didn't even realize it. They like, hold up, where is Jesus at? I thought he was with you. I thought he was with them. And they're like, this boy didn't, this boy didn't stay there. We got to go find him. And a lot of times people try to say, that's an example of Jesus sinning. His response was disrespectful. He disobeyed his parents. But this passage, why it is confusing at times is because Jesus makes it very clear that one, he's still, he's still God. And two, his father's will was the greatest thing. So I don't want kids trying this with their parents though, saying, I'm listening to Jesus. I'm listening to my father, heavenly father. You're not. But Jesus actually was in this case. And it says, and why this is confusing to some people, it says in um, starting at verse 48, when his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have, have been anxiously searching for you. And I'm just going to stop right there because she thought it was something wrong or she was becoming anxious. Sometimes we automatically assume that that's a sin or something wrong, but that was a her issue and not a, a Jesus issue. And I imagine at times there were conversations that that God had with them or things that he showed them that they just didn't understand. And this was one of those things where they just didn't understand. So they took it a little bit personal. And then Jesus responds. He says, why were you searching for me? He asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. And some people would say that's too confusing. I would have left that out because I didn't want anybody saying that Jesus sinned or Jesus did something wrong. But when you look at the context, when you look at the big picture, you see that Jesus did not sin. He was doing his father's work. And number one, he was making it clear to his parents what his mission was here for, what he was here for, and that two, father's will trumped everything. Now, when you look at different authors, when you look at different writers, people that that can portray history or, or give you a, a story, a lot of times what the author does, the person that's writing it, they try to make you fall in love with a protagonist. They try to make you fall in love and create a, a main character. And that's something that our American culture, our American history has tried to do. It has tried to make us fall in love and put the best construction on certain people. But when you write it a certain way, when you write it a certain way, you can make some of the worst people seem like good guys. And I'm going to give you an example. When you watch something like Prison Break or Snowfall, you might all of a sudden be rooting for a drug dealer who deals meth or a drug dealer who's dealing crack. That's that's the premise of Breaking Bad and, and Snowfall. And then all of a sudden you might not even like police. But when you watch a movie like Bad Boys, you're rooting for the police. When you watch something on Netflix called you, you all of a sudden rooting for a serial killer. And that's just how powerful and, and conscious we have to be of the illustrations 
and the writings that people are trying to get us to to fall prey to. But the Bible does not do that. So when you think about people like Rahab, the Bible shows us we don't have to identify with our job. Rahab was a prostitute. The things that she did, she didn't have to identify with that because she had faith, because she was a redeemed and bought back child. When you look at David, David made a mistake of identifying with his royalty. And the Bible shows us the consequences of doing that. The Bible shows us the number one thing, the number one person we need to identify with is Jesus and what Jesus has done for each and every one of us. That's a blessing. That's a major blessing. And a lot of times other historical accounts, not even just America, they're trying to make someone else look good. They're trying to make themselves look good. But the Bible, what's the Bible's purpose? What is the Bible's purpose in the historical accounts that it provides? One of the historical accounts and reason that the, the purpose of the Bible is to convict us, to show us that we, we need a savior. In Romans chapter three, verse nine, it tells us no one, no one is righteous. And then we see in Romans three, verse 23, it makes it very clear for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's a clear fact. So in this episode of, of no whitewashing, just facts, we have to look at what is the true purpose of the Bible. Second Timothy three, verse 16 through 17 tells us the purpose of scripture. It tells us this. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. That's that's dope. Like it tells us clearly why the Bible is here. You look at other historical accounts it's trying to make someone look good or it's trying to leave out parts that, that make them look bad. The Bible gives us facts. And on this episode of no whitewashing, just facts, we have to look at how we usually record history. We usually want to make a group or a certain person look better. And you think about how we record history even to this day. It's usually the first Asian did this. The first woman did that. The first teenager did fill in the blank. We have all these different ways. We have all these different groups that we're trying to identify with or that's trying to pull us away from us Christians identifying with Jesus, from us Christians understanding that we don't have to whitewash or something wash anything in history. Just just give the facts because we, we all are sinners now. This makes me think about just even how we tell stories. When we think about even how we tell stories, do you ever tell stories like this black man did fill in the blank, which is really, really good. And the reason I make sure I identify and tell people that he was black and a man is because I'm black and I'm a man. So I want you to be able to see like this could possibly be me. So I want to make sure I tell you the good. And that's not necessarily a sin or anything bad, but that's just something that we can be leery and be conscious of for sure. Now. Something I got to tell you in this episode of no whitewashing, just facts. The answer to whitewashing is not blackwashing or Jewish washing or men washing or women washing. The answer to this is understanding that all of us are sinners. Now, I see, especially as a black man, that there are certain black people that are definitely hurting still. And what happens at times to try to fill that void or to try to try to heal from that trauma, people become black people become fascinated with, man, I was once a king or I was once a queen. My ancestors were once this. And I, I definitely get that, that you do need to know where you came from and your history. 
But sometimes I'm like, what is that going to do for me now? Like, am I going to get some of that royalty money or something? Like, it's not going to do a great deal for me. And no matter what you are, rather you try to identify with women first or, or blacks first, black people first, or Asian people first or Hispanic people. The number one thing that we have to realize is we do have something greater to identify with. And that's being a, a child of God. Like me understanding that my great, 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 great ancestors were kings or queens and I got royalty blood. I'm not worried about that royalty, but I'm worried about the blood of Jesus Christ that has made me royalty that I am able to inherit because of what he has done and how he has paid my debt and brought me back as a redeemed child of God. And, and first Peter, first Peter one, verse three and five, it talks about this inheritance. It talks about this inheritance that we have when we are gifted with the faith of Jesus Christ dying on the cross. And we understand and we notice like we have an inheritance that can't be matched, that can't be touched. And that's something that I really bank on. That's something that I really hold my hat up to for sure. Now, I just think about going back to that point of black people sometimes who bring up the fact that we were stripped of our heritage. We were stripped of our, our culture. We were stripped of being kings or queens. We were stripped of our, our religion. And we don't even we don't even worship. We would never do Christianity. And I'm like, well, you know, in the Bible, it does talk about people of Africa worshiping God. We can go back to the Ethiopian. That's just one example. But going back to that, let's say we were stripped of our religion and we don't we didn't worship. We didn't worship Jesus Christ. I would say you want to trade in that royalty in order to go back and then be in slavery from a spiritual standpoint in today's world. And because of what Jesus Christ has done, I can be free mentally, physically, and I can be and I can be free spiritually. I can get greedy and get all three of those. I absolutely can because of what Christ has done for us. And to close this up on this episode of no whitewashing, just facts, I'm going to read to you Revelation 22, starting at verse 18. And the reason I'm going to use this to wrap it up is because it's talking about the, the fact of just record the facts. And God has given us everything we need to know in his word. We don't need to add anything. We don't need to subtract anything. We don't need to try to change it. We don't need to try to manipulate anything. Just give the word. The word is enough. And it says, Starting at verse 18, and I solemnly declare to everyone who hears the words of prophecy written in this book, if anyone adds anything to what is written here, God will add to that person the plagues described in this book. And if anyone removes any of the words from this book of prophecy, God will remove that person's share in the tree of life and in the holy city that are described in this book. So God makes it clear. Don't add. Don't subtract. Don't manipulate. Don't change my word give it how it is i have given you enough and we don't need to whitewash we don't need to do any type of washing just get the facts just get the word of god and this is the non-microwave truth thanks for joining me on this episode of no whitewashing just facts this is the fourth episode in our four-part series bring something good for you next week if you haven't checked out the other episodes go back and listen to those Remember, you can hear this on any platform, any podcast form. You can share it with someone. You can share it with them on YouTube. If you like it or love it, write a review, hit the five star. Yeah. And I appreciate you for joining me with this topic, especially since a lot of times this can be difficult. But we wanted to do it from a, a biblical perspective. And I appreciate you. Peace punch, Captain Crunch. Say no to drugs and yes to Jesus. I am out.